0: Matthew chapter 18, verse 20 to 35. The parable of the unforgiving servant. Then Peter approached him and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother and sister who sins against me? As many as seven times? I tell you, not as many as seven, Jesus replied, but 70 times seven. For this reason, the kingdom of heaven can be compared to the king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. When he began to settle accounts... One who owed 10,000 talents was brought before him. Since he did not have the money to pay it back, his master commanded that he, his wife, his children and everything he had be sold to pay the debt. At this, the servant fell face down before him and said, be patient with me and I will pay you everything. Then the master of the servant had compassion, released him and forgave him the loan. That servant went out And found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. He grabbed him, started choking him, and said, pay what you owe. At this, the fellow servant fell down and began begging him, be patient with me and I will pay you back. But he wasn't willing. Instead, he went out and threw him into prison until he could pay back what was owed. When the other servants saw what had taken place, they were deeply distressed and went to report to their master everything that had happened. Then, after he had summoned him, his master said to him, You wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you begged me. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant as I had mercy on you? And because he was angry, his master handed him to the jailers to be tortured until he could pay everything that was owed. So also, my heavenly father... Will do to you unless every one of you forgives his brother or sister from your heart.
1: As we reflect on this, I also want to read um, another passage where Jesus reflects on forgiveness, and this is from Matthew 6, verse 14 to 15. and this is Jesus speaking, and he says, For if you forgive others their offences, your heavenly Father will forgive you as well. But if you do not forgive others, your Father will not forgive you nor forgive your offences. Now, I want to imagine a person, uh, let's call him John. John is at the pub with his friend. He rang up his friend because he was leaving, as he was leaving his house after what seemed like the hundredth argument with his wife that week. Now John and his wife had been having marital problems for a while now and he kept on doing things that made her feel hurt, um, you know, maybe not doing the things that she was expecting him to do. And from her perspective, John just doesn't seem to get it. He does not understand uh, why, you know, she's getting more and more frustrated with him. And every time he does something, it's like another little paper cut, yet another bruise, yet another injury that he's inflicting on her, even though she knows that, you know, he's not intending to do this, uh, but nevertheless, that's how it is. From John's perspective, he just doesn't know where he's going wrong. I mean, he's doing what he's always done, and it seems like his wife has changed. Uh, You know, the things that used to make her happy um, no longer does. And he doesn't understand that his wife was merely putting up with his quirks, uh, but of late, they just started irritating her more and more. Now, John and his wife both know that they need to work on their marriage and forgiveness is the central part of that work. They know they're in a rough spot. They're not planning on getting divorced, you know, they're committed to one another. But to do so, they both know that they need to work on forgiving each other for these various faults. So how do they do that? After the hurts and the kind of slow decline in their relationship, How do they forgive? I mean, this is just a made-up story, but it seems pretty believable to me. Um, And and really, it's the same question that all of us have to ask is, how do we forgive? What is the method? What is the reason that we forgive people? You know, we've all been hurt at times, haven't we? Maybe you've um, uh, had someone who's broken your heart by doing something very hurtful, a, a girlfriend or a husband or a friend or a colleague or a brother or a sister. Maybe it's something relatively minor that you can just kind of get over fairly quickly or perhaps it's something really rather major. And in many ways we've all been there. How do we respond to these hurts in a way where forgiveness characterises what we do? How do we forgive with all our heart, from the heart as our passage says? Because here's the thing. There is a danger for John and his wife. There's a danger for us that if we do not forgive, then our um, hurts turn into these festering wounds that, that grow um, you know, sickness within us. It's like a, a rot. Unforgiveness is like a rot that eats us up from the inside. And how we approach forgiveness, as we will see, is really diagnostic of what's going on in our hearts. Our capacity to forgive others tells us whether it is well with our soul or not. So let's have a look. And this first passage we read from Matthew 6 is Jesus giving a commentary on the Lord's Prayer. So, Where we meet him here, Jesus, uh, his disciples, has just come to him and said, Lord, teach us to pray. And he teaches them the Lord's Prayer. And he says, you know, forgive, uh, in part of the prayer, he's saying, forgive our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And now he's explaining the prayer to his disciples. And he says, if you forgive others, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you don't forgive others, then your Father will not forgive your offenses. And in the parable we read earlier, Jesus elaborates further on what it means to truly forgive. What does true forgiveness actually look like? And when we read these passages, both of them have this idea that if we do not forgive, God does not forgive us. And so we have to ask ourselves, what's going on there? What is Jesus trying to make us understand? And there are at least two things I think we need to grapple with. Uh, in these texts. And the first one of these is that we actually need forgiveness. And the second is that if we receive forgiveness, we will forgive. So let's look at the fact that we need forgiveness. Now, for most of us, you know, when we, when we say the Lord's Prayer, it's kind of part of a ritual. It's a, it's a habitual thing we do. We do it when we share the Lord's Supper together. We might say that as a prayer at home. You might say that before you go to bed and so on. It, it's kind of part of our habits of what it means to be a, a Christian. But because it becomes habitual, in many ways it can be just repetitious, you know. So it's just an empty kind of thing that we do. But there are several reasons why we need to pray for forgiveness. And and the primary reason is, as we saw last week, we are totally depraved sinners. We can't help but sin. It is our nature outside of Christ. Romans 3.23 tells us, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And because we are by nature sinners, because we fall short of the glory of God, we need forgiveness. We need forgiveness every day. Now, what I'm not saying is that this is not the forgiveness that, that goes with salvation. So what I'm not saying here is Jesus is not saying that if you don't pray this prayer daily, then you, uh, then you know, kind of your sin stacks up through the day and unless you've prayed for it, you know, Maybe you're on the way in the car and there's a car crash about to happen. You're about to die. You don't have to worry that you quickly have to say a forgiveness prayer before you hit the car in front of you because our salvation is secured by Christ's work on the cross. And when we come to him in faith, um, all our sins are forgiven. There's that The kind of salvation forgiveness of sins is taken care of when we believe in Jesus. But Jesus does teach us to pray for forgiveness daily. And so we have to ask the question why if our prayers don't stack up again every day why do we need to pray this this prayer it is because in praying the prayer for forgiveness we are being slowly changed into forgiven people the more we confess our sin to god The more we come to him to pray for forgiveness, the more God through his Holy Spirit is shaping us into the kind of people that are forgiven people. It is an identity issue actually that God is shaping us through each day. There is a change that happens in us when we are forgiven. And it's a daily process that happens again and again as we put ourselves before our Lord and say, Please, Father, each day forgive our sins. And as we come before Him each day and and experience afresh the, the significant and deep truth that we cannot exhaust His grace and His love for us, we are changed. And we're changed bit by bit into forgiven people. Now when you and I first believes, believed, all our sins were forgiven in that moment. Because in, in Jesus' sacrifice on the cross, God no, um, no longer remembers our sins. We're, we're given a new label that says we're justified. You know, we don't have to worry about uh, our sin anymore. But... We need to grow in our new nature in Christ. We need to grow into sanctified, forgiven people and this process takes a lifetime. We are still, in many ways, miserable sinners as the Heidelberg Catechism puts it. And so each day we must come before God and ask afresh for forgiveness and as we experience that grace in you we are changed step by step. And even the great Apostle Paul you know, said, said this, and again we looked at this last week, he says, for I know the good I want to do, but I cannot do it. And the bad things I don't want to do, this I keep on doing. What a wretched man am I. But thanks be to God who continually changes us as we come to pray to him. And that's why, friends, Jesus teaches us to pray for forgiveness every day. Because we need it every day. In a sense, we need to rediscover that we are forgiven every day. One of the uh, things we do as parents is we we have a, um, a nighttime prayer we sing with our kids. And part of the line, you know, one of the lines in the songs is, Many sins I've done today, please, Lord, take them all away. Look upon me in thy grace and make me pure before thy face. That's exactly what happens when we come to pray for daily forgiveness and confess our sins to the Lord. He is looking upon us in his grace and as we experience that again day by day, he is making us pure. Even the most authentic and holy super-Christian sins every day. All of us need to be transformed day by day. All of us are on that road to transformation and when we pray for forgiveness, we recognize that, friends, you and I are not yet perfect. Our actions and attitudes fall far short of God's standards and so we need his daily forgiveness, don't we? Maybe it's because of the desires that wage war within us, the things we want we know we shouldn't, Maybe it's how we think or talk about other people, the thoughts that kind of go through our minds every day. Maybe it's our kind of gossiping nature or the shameful words we use when we're with our friends or the hurtful things we say to or about other people. We all need forgiveness every day. But the beauty is that we have this Precious assurance that we can come before God our Father every day and ask for forgiveness. And we know that we are already forgiven in Christ. Our sins have already been forgiven. And there's this kind of feedback loop then that as we pray for forgiveness... We, we do so because we've already been forgiven and because we have been forgiven we want to pray for forgiveness and it changes us day by day into deeper repentance, into deeper forgiveness, into deeper heart change as we become people who live like truly forgiven people where our shame and our guilt is properly taken away. And so that's what's happening in our hearts as we daily come to repent and and ask for forgiveness. But now Jesus says something really interesting, doesn't he? He's teaching us to pray for forgiveness, but he also teaches us that we are to be forgiving people. If we have been forgiven, if we have, I guess, kind of forgiveness in our hearts then we are to be forgiving people. And so so, uh, Peter asks him, you know, how many times should I forgive my brother? Is it just seven times? And Jesus says, no, it's 70 times seven. We're supposed to understand it's like limitless. It's, It's complete. Our forgiveness of other people, because we've been forgiven, is supposed to be limitless. And the reason for this is because it is diagnostic of where we stand with God. Listen again to his words. He says, if you forgive others their offences, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you don't forgive, then your Father will not forgive your offences. Now what is Jesus saying here? I mean, didn't we just say that we are always forgiven once we trust in Christ? Then how can Jesus now say that if we don't forgive others, then God will not forgive us our sins? We have to wrestle with that. To best understand this, let's look at this parable together. Parable of the unforgiving, the unrelenting servant. Now this is is Jesus' response to Peter's question about how many times you should forgive. And in it, Jesus paints this picture of what a forgiving heart looks like. And this is a a story that applies to us and teaches us about who we are. Now, there's the first servant. He has a massive debt. It's 10,000 talents. 10,000 talents is impossible to repay from normal wages. Now, on average, a daily wage for a labourer was one denarius. And so 6,000 denari- oh, 6, denarii made up one talent. So you multiply that by 10,000, you get 60 million days worth of work that this person was supposed to do. He owed the king more than 190,000 years of labour. That's not something any of us can work off. Now, we're not told how the debt's accumulated, that's not important. The point is that there is this massive debt that is impossible to repay. Jesus is reminding Peter and reminding us how massive our debt, our sin debt is before God. You and I have accumulated a debt against God that is so big that if we started today and did nothing ever wrong and only ever did good, it would take us more than, what was it, 60, oh, 190,000 years of hard labour to repay. It's not possible. We don't have that long. Jesus is reminding us how massive our sin debt is, how much we have sinned against God. And so when the master calls the servant to account, he says he can't repay the debt, you know, he throws himself at the master's mercy and amazingly, shockingly, the king, the master says, you know, your ginormous debt, it's gone, I wipe it clean. That's what grace looks like. And so the servant walks out and we start to see his dark side. He is not living as a forgiven person. He's hard. He's ruthless. He grabs this fellow servant. He chokes him. He throws him in jail. You know, uh, for the equivalent of about three months' worth of labor. He is only owed about three months' worth of labor. That's hardly the grace you expect from someone who has just experienced this massive mercy. And so, when the master hears this, he's outraged, and he has the first servant thrown in jail. To be tortured. And then Jesus hauntingly says at the end of the parable these shocking words So my heavenly Father will do to you, unless every one of you forgives your brother and sister from the heart. Wow, we. And we thought Jesus was just a nice guy, a good moral teacher. No, friends, we can't just sweep this under the rug, pretend it isn't in the Bible. This is Jesus Himself speaking. So, what do we do with this? Now, this parable is pointing a picture, a uh, painting a picture, of someone who has eagerly received God's forgiveness, but is not willing to forgive the hurts that other people have done to them. This is the same thing Jesus talks about when He does this commentary on the Lord's Prayer. And so perhaps you might be asking the question, is Jesus saying here then that in order for us to get forgiveness from God, we must first forgive others? Is our salvation, our forgiveness, conditional on us forgiving other people? It sounds a bit like we've got to convince God to forgive us by forgiving others. It sounds a bit like we need to earn our forgiveness. It sounds a bit like our forgiveness depends on us, not on the gracious act of God. But scripture consistently teaches that that is not how that works. You know, Ephesians 2 tells us that God reconciles us to himself while we were still his enemies. Our salvation is a gift from God, otherwise we would boast. You know, It's not from works so that no one can boast. While we were still God's enemies, still fighting him, he reached out and forgave us. Jesus' own words on the cross says, Father forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. These were the people trying to crucify him, taunting him, people who were denying that he was God but still he gives forgiveness to them from the cross. So it's not that we have to first forgive so God can forgive us. When God's grace comes into our hearts and the Holy Spirit changes us. We are forgiven. Our forgiveness from God is not, forgi- uh, not conditional on us forgiving others. But our forgiveness of other people are a consequence of us having been forgiven by God. So being uh, you know, forgiving people is not a condition of God's forgiveness. It's a consequence of it. It's the result of God having forgiven us. So having a forgiven nature is a result of having received God's gracious and merciful forgiveness to us. The forgiveness we display to other people uh, happens because we have been forgiven. It is a direct consequence. When we forgive others, we show... That we are the light of the world. And if we refuse to forgive, if we hold a grudge, if we don't let go of the hurts, what it says about our faith in God is that either it doesn't actually exist or it is in deep jeopardy. Let me be crystal clear here. What Jesus is saying is not that if you don't forgive, you won't be forgiven. What he is saying is, if you do not forgive, you are not forgiven. Not because you need to forgive in order to earn his forgiveness, but because your forgiveness by God so changes your heart that your nature becomes forgiving. And so if you are not forgiving, your nature has not been changed by God, and your sins have not been forgiven. Does it make sense? And so, this is Jesus' words, not my words. If you do not forgive, you are not forgiven. By definition, holding a grudge as a Christian cannot happen. Not forgiving the hurt done to you, no matter how grievous that hurt was, is a poison that kills you spiritually. And so if you love Jesus, then you will forgive as God forgave you. Now these are hard truths. They are difficult words, but they are words, friends, that we need to hear. Particularly if we hold a death grip on our grudges because our grudges have a death grip on us. If we refuse to forgive others, we need to seriously question whether we actually understand and actually truly believe what Jesus did on the cross for us. We cannot refuse to let go of the hurts done to us in the past 5, 10, 20 or however many years and claim to be a Christian. When we hold on to that hurt, when we hold on to that whatever it is, Satan rejoices because he's got us. He loves to live. Where there is bitterness and anger in the heart. Remember, friends, what God says in Hebrews 10 He does not remember our sins any longer. They are gone, they are forgiven. The debt that we could never repay is completely gone. Our years of slavery are gone. We have been set free. That's why we sing, you know, in this new version of Amazing Grace, my chains are gone, I've been set free, my God, my Saviour, he's ransomed me. And like a flood, like a flood, his mercy reigns, unending love, amazing grace. Doesn't this spur you on? Encourage you, drive you, convict you even? you should forgive others if you have been ransomed if you've been forgiven this debt of 60 million days worth of labor if you've been forgiven that if your chains are gone if you've been set free how can you let yourself be made a slave again by holding on to a hurt that someone else has caused you that is a poison that kills only yourself They're not even thinking about that anymore. When you hold on to that herd, it just kills you yourself. Why is it that our grudges are our most prized possessions? If we truly love Jesus, we will forgive. Being forgiving, truly forgiving is an indication, friends, that we truly understand the extent of God's mercy towards us. It is a picture where we stand right with God. It is a picture of spiritual health. But if we remain unforgiving, if we keep harping on about this thing that someone has done this time or that time or however many years ago, if we're not willing to take those steps of forgiveness and setting aside that debt, it tells us where we stand before God it tells us that we actually don't really know Jesus and that actually we have no part with him. So consider carefully, friends. Jesus said to, to uh, his disciples that people will know them if they love one another, but there cannot be love without forgiveness. For John and his wife, they cannot move forward unless they forgive one another. There cannot be love without forgiveness. So where then does this leave us? You know, maybe you have hurts that you are carrying. Maybe it's from your parents, perhaps even who have died, and you cannot even take it to them. Maybe it's someone in your family that's done something to you. Maybe it's a friend or a partner or some betrayal you've experienced. Friend, if you love Jesus, set that aside now. Do it now. And then don't forget to lift them up in prayer before God and pray for his blessing upon them because when he blesses them, you too will be blessed. You know, perhaps like John and his wife Your partner has been thoughtless in their actions and they've deeply or badly hurt you and you're struggling to forgive them. My dearest brother or sister, forgive them right now and do it from the heart because you have been forgiven and mean it. And as you do, pray that God's mercy and blessing will flow out over them as well. Maybe you've been hurt and you're unwilling to forgive a friend who lied about you, told rumours about you, spread them. And this has caused you damage for your reputation and your sense of who you are and whatever. This is your opportunity to forgive them too. Do it now. Let them be... uh, I guess... Let your forgiveness set you free from the chains of slavery with which Satan is trying to bind you. And then pray that they might be blessed by God. This is a lifestyle that we are to live. Forgiveness is a lifelong commitment to loving like Christ has loved you. Now I'm not saying this is going to be easy in fact it can be extremely difficult that's true and the more that you have been hurt the more we've been hurt the more difficult it is to let go but the bigger the hurt the bigger the pain the bigger the grudge we're struggling to let go the greater the blessing is on the other side when you do forgive And the more greatly you will experience God's mercy flow out of your life. And so let me ask you friends, how are you doing with living a life of forgiveness in response to the forgiveness that you've already received? Or to put it another way, how is your standing with God? Are you willing to come before God today and to pray for forgiveness and to pray for a forgiving heart? Are you ready to come and make a commitment, a lifetime commitment to forgive and keep on forgiving? If so, let me pray with you now. Lord, we recognise That to be able to forgive, we need to set aside, I guess, the sense of vengeance that we might have in our hearts. We are reminded that vengeance belongs to the Lord. And so we need for forgiveness to trust that you will do the right thing by us. Regardless of what the outcome actually might be. And Lord, we confess that this is a difficult and a hard thing to do. It is not easy for us to forgive. It is much simpler to just cut the people out of our lives and to try not to have anything more to do with them. But Lord, we pray that today you will soften our hearts, help us experience afresh the forgiveness we have in Christ Jesus. Give us a sense, just a taste of what that cost you. Help us to understand the great debt that we owe to you, that you have forgiven all who believe. And in response, Lord, we pray that you will make us forgiving people. May our lives be marked with a commitment to living forgiveness as we have been forgiven. We pray this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.